So there's something about um, a business being family-owned and operated and and been that way for 20 years. I know I came from a business my father ran and his father ran and his father's father ran. Um, uh, and there are these traditions that you pass on. And if you do it right, you don't lose that family spirit no matter how big you get. Well, American Financing is a family-owned and operated uh, business. Since June of 2001, American Financing has been dedicated to working with you to help get your finances where they need to be. They started um, in the home. They moved outward towards your home. And now they're working for you and not the bank. Uh, They help you with debt consolidation, mortgage uh, refinancing, or just a regular home loan. These are the people to go to that you can trust to do the right thing with you. The coming months bound to be interesting uh, at the very least. Now's the time to get on top of your finances. Do it right now. American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. We begin the radio show here in just about uh, 15 seconds. Stand by. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. So the uh, president said yesterday, when it comes to gun control, there are many ways to skin a cat. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna excuse him for you know being so old. He probably knows the other ways to skin a cat. I, I don't even know one way to skin a cat, but uh, all I know is the cat ends up dead and skinless. And that, I think, is exactly what's happening to our country. There are many ways to skin a cat. I'll show you one way. The White House is now denying, but others in the know say, no, 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 no. This is absolutely going on, an attempt for the White House to choke off ammunition in this country. We begin there in 60 seconds. Sooner or later, you're going to realize that we have got to stick together and we've got to build a parallel economy. And the sooner you switch to Patriot Mobile, the sooner you can start paying less, I mean way less, than what you're paying for right now with your major mobile phone company. There's no reason to pay through the nose. And uh, those major mobile phone companies, they like you paying through the nose because then they take all that money and they donate it uh, a portion of your bill to massive leftist causes, including Planned Parenthood. I have a story on abortion that is coming in about 60 minutes that will blow your mind uh, and is a don't miss on that. Please, 
What I want you to do is switch your phone service right now to Patriot Mobile. They have plans that will fit any budget, U.S. 100, uh, 100% U.S.-based customer support team, great personal service. They share your values. They're working hard uh, on their own time and with their own dimes to be able to, um, to preserve the things that we all believe in or we all used to, our unum, our bill of rights, the way we live our life. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Great phone service at a much better cost. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. So there was a story, I think it was last week in The Federalist, and we saw it and we began to do our own homework on it um, and, because it was very, very disturbing. And um, it came out of The Federalist. While Democrats claim to engage in talks on bipartisan gun legislation in good faith, the White House is behind the scenes trying to shut down nationwide ammunition sales. In northeastern, or sorry, northwestern Missouri, major government-owned ammunition plant is now facing closure as the Biden administration escalates its war on American gun owners. Uh, the Lake City Ammunition Factory is one of the largest manufacturers of um, uh, 5.56 and 2.23 ammunition, which is the most popular caliber for the most targeted firearm in the country, the AR-15. In operation since 1941 to produce ammunition for the U.S. Army, the government contracts with the private firm Winchester to run the enterprise and sell any excess supplies to the open market. So here's what happened. Winchester called them. I'm sorry. Uh, the government called Winchester, apparently, allegedly, and said, you know, uh, you got a cute little business going on here. Uh, and uh, and it'd be horrible for something to happen to that business. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so what I'd like you to do is uh, maybe uh, maybe stop selling the uh, 30% of the ammunition to the private market. And Winchester said, most likely, uh, well, if we do that, then if there's a war, we can't ramp up to be able to make more ammunition for the war machine. I don't think you heard me. You're going to stop selling that ammunition. Now, celebrity voices are impersonated in this scenario, but I think that's pretty much what happened there. Otherwise, maybe we find somebody else to make our ammunition. You know what I'm saying? So uh, public-private partnerships always work out so very well. So we started doing our homework. Uh, it looks like Susan Rice was involved in this. Um, but again, nobody's talking because... They're all afraid of their legs being broken. One group that we have spoke to uh, that knows the situation uh, very well is the National Shooting Sports Foundation. And we have Larry Keene on with us. Hello, Larry. How are you? Uh, good to be with you, Glenn. How are you? Uh, very good. Very good. So, um, you know, I know I know it wasn't. Quite as mob-like, uh, perhaps with Susan Rice involved, maybe it was more. But can you tell me, is the gist of what I just said correct? Uh, I mean, basically, yes. Winchester was contacted by the Army that runs or owns the Lake City ammunition facility that Winchester runs under a contract. And they were told that the army is 
considering uh, issuing a policy edict in which Winchester would no longer be able to sell into the commercial market excess ammunition above um, the needs of the military to the commercial market, which accounts for between 30 and 40 percent of the market for 5.56 ammunition, which is the caliber most commonly uh, chambered for modern sporting rifles, including AR-15. So it would have a devastating effect on the commercial market for gun owners, as well as to harm national security, security and military preparedness. So there's a couple of things here. First of all, let's talk about the commercial side. The commercial side, you drop 30 to 40 percent. Your price, I've read your price of ammunition would go up three to four times. Is that true? Uh, Obviously, uh, economics being supply and demand, if you cut the supply that is already um, strained by 30 plus percent, it's going to have a significant impact on the price in the commercial market, for sure. It's also going to have an impact on what the military pays for ammunition manufactured at the Lake City facility because uh, the the cost, the economics of running that business for Winchester would change dramatically. So the the other part of this is for the military, not just in cost, but the reason why, if I'm not mistaken, the reason why uh, Winchester um, has that 30% and they make 30 or 40% of the commercial market is so they have the staff in case there's ever a major war. They have the staff. They don't have to ramp up. They can just shift all of that over to the military immediately so we have enough ammunition to be able to fight a war. Is that true? That's precisely correct. And if they can't sell them to the commercial market, those employees are gone. That production capacity is gone and in a surge situation. Let's say hypothetically we were engaged in a shooting war with an adversary like Russia, China, or something. The ability of Winchester to meet that surge in demand would not exist. We would not be able to meet that need, whereas now they can. They can simply shift that production from the commercial market to to the priority of meeting the needs of the warfighter. So that ability is gone, then uh, we can't meet surge in demands, and the price that the military pays for the ammunition they get now, even in a non-surge situation, would go up considerably. And the sale to the commercial market also helps to fund capital expenditures at the Lake City facility. So it's not just you know that they Winchester sells that ammunition um, in the commercial market. They they also are putting money back into the DOD to for capital improvements, capital expenditures at Lake City so that it is state-of-the-art and can meet surge demands for the military. So as this was revealed last week, we had uh, some congressmen um, start to write some, uh, write some letters to the White House. Um, some press started to uh, sniff around, at least on, you know, on, the, on the right side. Uh, we started to sniff around, and immediately the gates are closed to the White House. And they say, this is, and I, I want to quote them here, um, the reports on a possible ban 
are way off. Uh-huh. Uh, do you believe that, that? I mean, The person making that go ahead. Is, is either mm-hmm. woefully uninformed of the facts because there was a meeting at the highest levels of the military on Friday to discuss this very issue, uh, or uh, they are not being truthful. But it, it did happen. It is happening. Um, and there is a letter from 50 House members that has gone to the White House yesterday, led by Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, in whose district the Lake City facility is located. And Senator Blunt's office from Missouri has been engaged in this issue as well. So, uh, you know, in 2015, the Obama administration tried to ban this ammunition um, under this incorrect legal theory that it was somehow armor-piercing ammunition. It is not, by definition, armor-piercing ammunition. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on just a second, because because that's really important, because I just read another story today that said that this is armor-piercing ammunition. Now, you say by definition it's not. What does that mean? Go look up in the Gun Control Act, Section 921, um, (laughs) and you can find the definition for armor-piercing ammunition. And if you look at this M855 green tip ammunition, it does not meet the definition of armor-piercing ammunition. It is not, by law, armor-piercing ammunition. So the Obama administration's effort in 2015 to somehow declare it armor-piercing ammunition uh, was withdrawn in, when there was a reaction by Congress, and uh, there were over 300,000 comments, public comments, to a notice that ATF had put out. They backed off, unable to do, to make it illegal. The Biden administration now is trying to make it unavailable, and this is all because they can't uh, pass a ban on modern sporting rifles. So if you can't Mary, ban the without... product, ban the ammunition. Without burning any bridges here, because I think it's very important that we know the truth, and I I certainly don't want to cause any trouble. How do we know your information is accurate? How how do we know the White House is lying here? We have had direct conversations with officials at Winchester, and we have had conversations with uh, staff of Senator Blunt and uh, Congressman Hartzler's office. So this is, in fact... Uh, happening. Uh, and um, they may have decided they've been caught with their hand in the proverbial cookie jar. But for them to say it was never under consideration, again, either the person making that statement is woefully uninformed of the true facts or is misleading the public. Um, another way of saying that is lying. Uh, the White House has been lying about many things. They continue to say Things are conspiracy theories or they're uh, or inaccurate. And then all of a sudden, what do you know? It turns out to be true. Has this stopped? Do you know, is the is the pressure off of of Winchester? Is this not going through now that they've been nabbed? uh, We have not been informed that um, that this uh, has definitively been withdrawn and is no longer being considered. Um, but this, you know, this is not the first time we've seen an effort by um, first Obama, now Biden, uh, to ban this ammunition and to make it unavailable. So we are going to continue to pursue this issue to ensure that 
this is not a, a, no longer a recurring problem and that um, that whoever holds the contract for the Lake City facility has the right to sell this excess uh, ammunition into the commercial market because, again, it's necessary for military preparedness. It's important for the taxpayer, and it helps to, to fund capital expenditures at the facility. And it's important, obviously, and it, for <laughs> Second Amendment rights to be exercised. Exactly right. Exactly right. Larry, is there anything the public can do? They should contact their uh, elected representatives in Washington, their congressmen and their representatives, and insist that this, uh, this issue be fixed once and for all. So we don't have to revisit this every couple of years. And how do we fix it once and for all? Uh, We make it clear in statute that whoever holds that contract has the right to sell this excess ammunition in the commercial market for the reasons we've just talked about. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much, Larry. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything that you guys are doing, uh, keeping our Second Amendment right uh, safe. Thank you. Um, appreciate it. We'll stay in touch. That's Larry King. He's from the National Shooting Sports Foundation about the uh, Missouri ammunition plant that the Biden administration is trying to curtail, which would uh, cut off a third to 40 percent of the 223 and 556 ammunition, which is the ammunition used by modern sporting rifles. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor. Brian wrote in about his experience with Relief Factor. He said, I was suffering from a ton of shoulder pain, and I actually thought I was going to have to have surgery on it. But I decided before I do that, I'll try Relief Factor. Well, he said, the pain literally went away within the first three days. Brian, that is great news. Um, Taking Relief Factor will relieve so much pain Uh, I've been on it for several years now, and I used to be in the kind of pain, honestly, that I'm in today because I'm up in the high altitude and it's very cold up here in the mountains. Uh, And uh, I haven't had this kind of pain in in quite some time. Uh, And very rarely does the pain break through with uh, relief factor. Uh, I used to be in this kind of pain. I couldn't paint. I couldn't use my hands when I was like this all the time. It's been years since I have felt like this, um, and I think it's just uh, the season up here. Anyway, uh, Relief Factor, it works. It works for me. It gave me my life back. I, re- I kind of forgot what it was like to live with pain all the time. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number 4-RELIEF. It's ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. Welcome to the program. Stuber Gear, our executive producer. I find this uh, story that's coming out of Missouri to be really insidious. Again, the president said yesterday he was talking about gun control. And he said there's many ways to skin a cat. And believe me, they're going to use every way to skin a cat. Here's the one thing that the Democrats are very good at that the Republicans suck at. And that is while they're not in power. They are making plans, Um, and the plans that were being laid before Biden won the White House, um, and we know because we reported, they were open about it, and we reported on it. 
They had committees getting together to find out, to look at all of the cabinet positions and to see what instruments they had or could be construed as having that they could turn those levels and change the way of our life without going to Congress. This is one of them. And, you know, if if the White House wants us to believe that they're not doing this, um, you know, it's 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 a bridge too far because you would have to ask yourself if you're a progressive why wouldn't you be doing this this is what esg is all about why wouldn't you be shutting down the things um the uh, all of the funding to uh things that affect global warming or things that help guns on the street of course you would if that's the way you're operating through an administrative arm, why wouldn't you be doing it? Of course they're doing it. Yeah. Of course they are. And it's very, very dangerous. There's an interview with uh, Chris Murphy, the guy who's negotiating the, the you know, uh, bipartisan gun control bill. And it was with the New York Times. So it was, you know, arguing. The Times was basically saying, like, well, you're not getting enough here. You're not getting enough here. You, you need to get more. And his position was, look, what we need to do is pass this, even if it's not the best bill in the world, because what the goal of this is not just, you know, to save lives, but it's also to convince Republicans that the sky won't fall on them politically if this thing passes. It, we just need to show them that if they go along with some of this, they're not going to get punished like they mm-hmm. think they will. They're always scared of, of, of the sky falling. We need to show them that the sky so, won't fall. So it really is up to us to make sure if something like this passes to remind the Republicans that, yes, the sky will fall if you do something like this. It will. And we bes- need to make sure besides, it does. Besides Cornyn, who is I mean, because the phone should light up at Senator Cornyn's office uh, if you're in Texas. Can you get me the names of all of the people yeah. that are involved in this yeah. on the Republican side? Because the sky needs to fall in on them right now. Yeah, there's needs so to fall in. Four of them, I think, are retiring. Uh, the other six are are not up for election uh, this year. What cowards! Uh, but uh, what cowards! And honestly, I'll, you would trade. I would trade nine of these senators for one toasted cheddar chalupa from uh, from Taco Bell. <laughs> Uh, well, I the don't. only one who has any value in the group of 10 is Pat Toomey, who has always been a pretty good senator with one exception, which has been guns. Uh, other than that, he's been pretty good. I, but the other nine are I just, gotta, you know, garbage. I think that I think you're you're asking too much to trade. Uh, all <laughs> of those one chalupa? Like, no, I don't think <laughs> okay. so. I think I mean, stop being unreasonable. <laughs> We're negotiating here. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Right now, you need to be making your finances a little bit more resilient. It's time to control your spending and review your high interest debt. You need to look into every possible way that you can save money. You need to know where it's going month after month, and if it's possible, make a change today that will help protect your financial future. This is where American Financing comes in. They're not a bank. They're a family-owned lender that has guided homeowners through past challenges like we're headed towards. Uh, we, I have to tell you, we're headed for real trouble. We have, um, we have Carol Roth on with us on hour number three of the podcast today. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the next shoe to fall. And it is, it's very concerning. You need to be aware of it. 
Um, getting a more flexible mortgage term, consolidating your high interest debt into your home loan. Whatever it is you need, these are the people that can make it happen. It's American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. You can get several toasted cheddar chalupas with the 10 bucks you save off of Blaze TV when you use the promo code GLEN at blazetv.com slash GLEN. Domare Gato, Mr. Roboto. Hello and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Pat Gray joins us from Pat Gray Unleashed. Mm. Hello, Pat. Domo Arogato, Mr. Roboto. Mm. That's, uh, yes. It took me back a ways. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It did. Well, that theme yeah, kind of took me back a little bit, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you a little bit about Slack. Mm. Do you use Slack on your program, Pat? No. <laughs> Pat Gray no, has Slack. Yeah, right. In 100,000 years, Pat Gray would not look, uh, log into Slack. <laughs> not kidding me? I can't get him so, to return a text. He hasn't, he hasn't gone on his email in 15 years. What <laughs> does Pat Gray use Slack? Email? You don't use email with Pat. You use smoke signals. Right. Um, anyway. So uh, uh, Slack is the way most of most of this company uh, communicates with each other. We communicate with each other. Or it's, uh, the uh, uh, producers all communicate during this show, et cetera, et cetera, on Slack. Um, we might want to get off Slack. Um, Slack is run by the CEO of Salesforce, Mark ben- uh, Benoff. Is it Benoff? How do you say his name? Benioff. Um, not a good guy. <laughs> Not a, not a, well, I can't say he's not a good guy. I'm sure he's good to his kids and he loves Santa and everything else. Uh, yes. but, uh, not necessarily on the side of freedom. Uh, and, uh, he has now banned a group called FAIR, uh, which is a, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, uh, saying that they are violating the company's terms of service. So now FAIR had everybody set up on Slack and all of their communication company-wide was going through this. And all of a sudden, they just are turned off. And, and FAIR is like, uh, hey, can we get somebody from customer service? None of it works. And they're like, yeah, you're a hate monger. So they said you were violating the terms of service. Well, here's what the terms of service prohibit. They prohibit clients from engaging in activity that incites or encourages violence or hatred against individuals or groups. And they're like, yeah, we're we're not doing any of that. Uh, And Slack won't give them, uh, you know, any any indication of what they were doing. Exactly. I would think that maybe you would call. Uh, fair and say hey guys you guys have somebody who's saying on slack oh by the way sorry we were just poking our nose in and watching everything that you guys do um you have somebody that is uh inciting violence here uh in your company or hey guys you're all plotting terrorist activities maybe we should uh not do business together but they didn't uh, now, uh, FAIR is suing them or preparing to sue them, and they say they want all of their records saved by Slack so they can, uh, A, have it all back, and B, 
use it against Slack in court because they say they're not violating this. But this is just another way of another reason, really, why we need to have a parallel um, uh, economy. Because these guys are just going to keep hacking and hacking and hacking away until we don't have ways to communicate with each other. Uh, we don't have ways to do business with one another. That's why I don't have Slack. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to tell everybody, yeah. don't get on Slack. I'm not getting on it. No. So I didn't. You took that strong moral <laughs> yeah, stand years ago. Yes, I did from the ago. beginning. From the yeah. very beginning yeah. on Slack. <laughs> Pat, Pat still hasn't made it to the answering machine age. <laughs> uh, I will say even Slack is even beyond my... I will not log into Slack, have never logged into Slack, refuse at all times to log into Slack. Uh, and mm-hmm. I am with you on this, Pat. A strong See? moral stance yeah. against the yeah. Great Reset. Why does Glenn participate in the Great Reset? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I don't know. know. I, I begged him not, not to. I begged him not to. You know, to. we tried to Glenn, stop it. don't get on Slack. Right. Whatever you do, and stop. He didn't yeah. care. Right. He said, I don't care. You right. know what? Right. We, these people are worthless uh, eaters, and we don't need to worry <laughs> about the peasants in society. <laughs> I'm all really? in on Slack. Exactly. And I was like, wow, that's a, that's, that's right. a crazy stance for yeah. me, Glenn. Yeah, that's what I thought. So anyway, A, I didn't know that Salesforce owned Slack. I wasn't the one who came up with Slack, but I am the one who's saying, we, as a company, we should get off of Slack. If you're Amen. a conservative company, I agree. get off of Okay, I don't care up. what they've done. I just get off of it. It's awful. That's why I've never been this on Slack. Yeah. A- <laughs> oh. Look, I'm sorry, Pat. Did we take a moral stance? We do did. we have principles? Yes. Unlike the rest do. of this company? Right. I, there's nothing I can do about that. Uh, you know? Exactly. I'm just trying to help <laughs> exactly. this world, this country, <laughs> the American people uh, against right. the attack of the Great Reset. And Glenn's like, I don't care. Let's Why do it. I keep paying you to? Why do I keep paying you to? <laughs> For the genius that spills out of us at all times. <laughs> 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 oh, oh man okay all right you i don't, have anything positive to bring to the table i do i've got this great navy uh training video mm. that you know i think oh. it i think you're gonna feel really confident about how our navy our navy <laughs> is protecting our nation right now once you see right. the training video uh can we can we show the first? Hi, my name is Johnny, and I use he/him pronouns. Hi, and I am Kanchi, and I use she/her pronouns. U.S. Well, we're Navy. here to talk about wait pronouns. Wait, United what States Navy. Wait. A pronoun is how wait, we identify stop. ourselves. We're <laughs> is that wait? A, we're, first of all, they're not in Navy uniforms. Right. The guy is wearing a rainbow sweater, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they've got a color what looks like a box of color crayons in the back uh, that just say. Let's say pronouns all in the rainbow colors. This is our Navy training film. Yeah, sad, isn't it? Wow. I'd like to give you. I'd, li- <laughs> I'd like to give you uh, my uh, my rendition of what is happening right now on the phone between Mao, uh, or sorry, uh, uh, Xi. Xi mm-hmm. I think of him as Mao and uh, and Putin. <laughs> <laughs> They <laughs> <laughs> got yeah. them now, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is crazy. Yes, this is what we're, we're focused gonna lose on. The next war, uh, it, yeah. If we don't put a stop to this, we are. Uh, I and could this possibly be why some of our uh, naval higher ups are 
being yes. fired because they're objecting to this kind of crap? They're saying, I'm not showing so this I, slop to my, my naval cadets. No, absolutely not. Right. And they're getting fired because so they don't I, share the Biden worldview. I found myself hesitant to even mention that story uh, when I saw it, what, a couple of days ago. We have how many? Uh, uh, an extraordinary number of, uh, of high-ranking Navy officials have been fired and it's highly mm-hmm. unusual, um, and they haven't been given any well, – I shouldn't say that. They haven't given the press or anybody asking any reason why these guys were fired. And my thought, Pat, was exactly like yours. Mm-hmm. I don't want to jump to conclusions because I – I mean, maybe it's – I don't know. Maybe it's something else, uh, but, uh, I mean, it, it is – I don't trust our military. I find myself in a situation that I've never found myself in ever before. And it makes sense that if these guys objected to this sort of stuff, you're doing really, you're talking about pronouns to the U.S. Navy? No, I'm not doing that. And what I find interesting about this in particular is, yeah, let's just say it's sane to care about pronouns like this. Let's just say yeah. that was the real world. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I can't get to that world. I don't understand why people care about pronouns so much. I don't, mm-hmm. let's, but let's just say this was the nice, generous, the right way to go. Absolutely. Isn't going into the military a big part of that journey to be tough enough to not care about stuff like that? Yes. Like, I mean, it, you're getting bullets yes. are coming at you. Mm-hmm. Explosions are going on. You have to push through hours and hours of endless torture to try to win a war. If you care about pronouns, that will not occur. <laughs> <laughs> it's fundamentally what a Who's military is, is to make you tough enough to not care about stuff like that. We need to put Jason on this or or if you have any. Uh, any inside information, you just uh, send it to um, glenbeck.com. Uh, go to glenbeck.com uh, slash contact. Um, I'd like to know who's, who's, who's organizing all this because there's two ways to look at it. Somebody who really thinks, you know, we just need to be, we're already snappy dressers, but we need to be nicer <laughs> to each other, Okay. Um, and yes, we're going to be a tough war machine, but we're going to be nice to each other. I don't think that's it. I think it's more like we need to destroy this machine. We need to do yeah. everything we can mm-hmm. to destroy this machine from the inside. And knowing who's behind all of this uh, will tell you. If you have any inside information on any of the stuff going on in our military, uh, specifically, who is behind this? Uh, please contact us. It'll help our researchers get a jump jump start. Because I don't think we have anything in in the works on on the military. So please uh, look into that for us. Um, can I ask you guys? Can I give you guys a question? It's a it's a new game I've come up with. Are you part of the problem? And I'd like to see if you guys would play real quick. Are are mm-hmm. you? Okay, sure. Yeah. Pat Gray, Glenn Beck. Are you part sure. of the problem? And here's the question. All you have to do. I'm just going to give you a quick excerpt from a story. And you just need to tell me what hap- what's happened, okay? Mm-hmm. You tell me what's happened, you're not part of the problem. If you don't know what's happened, you are part of the problem, okay? This is All a story right. about Katie okay. Tour. She right. is a, uh, a news journalist of some sort, apparently prominent enough to write an mm-hmm. autobiography. 
I don't know why she wrote wow. an autobiography, but apparently people know of her enough to write an autobiography. She was on a podcast. Oh, I'm reading it right now. Oh, you are? Okay, good, good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear Yeah, this. I read it twice, yeah. So you may be... Uh, <laughs> on Slack. You're not... <laughs> you're definitely not part of the problem now. <laughs> okay, here's, here's just, a quick, just a quick tale here. Here you go. A tour tells Molly that the book also covers her very violent childhood, including anecdotes about her estranged father, Zoe Tour. I know it's going to be hard for her to read, but it would be hard for anybody to read, says Tour, who told Molly she refers to her father, who is a transgender woman using pronouns she and her, unless it's talking about her in the past. What? <laughs> you, <laughs> I'm Pat part of Gray, the problem. are part of the problem. I knew I was going to be. I, yes, you. I'm part of the problem. What yes. is this? Wow. Tur tells Molly that the book also covers her Jeez. very violent childhood, including anecdotes about her estranged father, Zoe Tour. I know it's going to be hard for her to read. So he's talked. She's talking about her dad, who was violent to her. That he's. She's now referring to him as, as her. her. Because her name is now Zoe. Uh-huh. And then she says she refers to her father, who is a transgender woman, using the pronoun she and her, unless she's talking about her in the past. This is not, that's not English, guys. She, I don't know what that is. That is not English. Dead names her dad sometimes. Oh, yeah. that's tragic. Thank you, Pat. You know yeah. who's the problem yeah. here? It's Katie Stu. Tour for bringing <laughs> up Stu. The, for bringing, <laughs> bringing up the dead naming. Thank you very much, Pat Gray Unleashed. By the way, Pat's show, uh, his uh, after show on Pat Gray Unleashed today was Hillary Clinton. Uh, is she a demon from hell? Uh, and I'm not sure what they decided, but part of the problem. That's what I'm deciding. He's part of the problem, Pat. Our sponsor <laughs> this half hour is uh, Rough Greens. Okay, how you feeding your dog? Most likely you're feeding your dog kibble food. That's what most people use. Kibble food is dead food. It, it's made by law uh, to last on the shelf for at least two years. It means it has nothing alive in it at all. Don't throw your kibble food out. Just bring it alive with Rough Greens. That's all you have to do. Rough Greens, it's not a dog food. It's a supplement that you sprinkle on the food, and dogs love it because it tastes amazing, and they're getting all the vitamins and minerals and and all of the live things like probiotics that they need to live a healthy, long life. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to love it. They have a special deal for you. You you just pay for the shipping. They'll send you the first bag of Rough Greens just to make sure that your dog will eat it. If your dog eats it, then you go ahead and order. And I'm telling you, you will see changes in your dog month after month after month. It's roughgreens.com slash back. R-U-F-F greens dot com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33. 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Roughgreens.com slash back. The Glenn Back Program. That's when it happens. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Um, there are, oof, there are uh, posters being put up all over in Washington D.C. Um, getting ready for the Supreme Court decision on Roe versus Wade. Uh, that could be today. I highly doubt it. It'll probably be next week. But uh, just a few minutes, the Supreme Court, uh, we believe, going to start 
releasing uh, decisions uh, from this year's uh, court. But these posters say, and can we put one up on the screen right there? It is D.C. call to action night of rage. The night SCOTUS overturns Roe versus Wade hit the streets. You said you'd riot to our oppressors. If abortions aren't safe, then you're not either. Jane's Revenge. Now, we've done some research on Jane's Revenge, and I'm going to present it to you uh, next hour. Um, but I will I will tell you that um, the the lack of interest with our Department of Justice should tell you everything you need to know. They have been saying that there is going to be riots. There is going to be violence. There already has been over 40 violent attacks on pro-life centers just since the the ruling was leaked. The DOJ, what are they doing? The DOJ, where are you on Jane's revenge? Have you read any stories in the mainstream media on who these people are? We have a real problem, and rage is coming to our cities. Uh, I, I hope and I pray for our Supreme Court justices, for our police officers who haven't been reimagined out of a job, uh, and I pray for our nation. A call to action from Jane's Revenge. Who are they? What do they have planned? And where's the DOJ? All of that information coming up next. The Supreme Court is releasing new um, cases. They are uh, releasing some more decisions, um, and they're doing it right now. We are watching that, but I also want to talk to you about something very disturbing called Jane's Revenge that nobody in the mainstream media seems interested in. Uh, In fact, there are new posters out. I'll talk about them here in a second. And only the Wall Street Journal has printed anything about this. We've been looking into Jane's Revenge here now for a while, and we're going to give you the um, the what, the who, the how, and the why on Jane's Revenge in 60 seconds. Relief Factor. Nan just uh, wrote in about her experience, and she said, they, they say that if you quit taking Relief Factor, you realize how good it is. That is true, Glenn. That is true. Uh, Nan, I know what you mean. I stopped taking Relief Factor three weeks into it because they said, try it for three weeks. And I said, I didn't. It's, uh, it's, 
I'm not. It's all in my mind. I'm not feeling that much better. And then I stopped taking Relief Factor, and my pain went through the roof. Um, you know, it's it's normal. There are those of us who are skeptical of everything, and uh, and I was skeptical of this. And I mean, why wouldn't you be? You're hearing a a rodeo clown tell you that it works. Although a rodeo clown would know that it works. So my apologies to rodeo clowns. Anyway, uh, Relief Factor. Relief Factor, if you're dealing with pain, please give Relief Factor a try. It was developed by doctors, and it is not a drug. It's a three-week quick start developed for you, $19.95, a dollar a day. It's a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and 70% of them go on to order more. So try it, please, for three weeks. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number 4, RELIEF. It's relieffactor.com. What I'm about to talk to you about today will not be mentioned by the mainstream media. They definitely uh, will not be addressing it in the Biden administration. And I doubt the Department of Justice is doing jack squat. This is the closest to a mainstream media outlet that anyone uh, will get for Jane's, Jane's revenge. Two weeks ago, the Department of Homeland Security issued a terrorism threat advisory bulletin where they warned, and I quote, individuals who advocate both for and against abortion have on public forums encouraged violence. So if you are pro-life, apparently you're just as dangerous as some of these insane abortion enthusiasts that are showing up to the Supreme Court justice's home. Um. Biden's DOJ has equated the current breakout of violent acts surrounding abortion to both sides of the equation. How many participants of the March of Life have showed up to a Supreme Court justice's home, you know, to to even march, let alone show up to kill? The Family Research Council tallied up uh, over the recent violent attacks and found that there have been over 40 incidents involving pro-life organizations and churches since the leak on the Dobbs decision. And the attacks spanned the entire country. Washington, D.C., Washington State, Georgia, Texas, Maryland, Virginia, Wisconsin, New York, Michigan. It's everywhere. Now, imagine if a wave of terror attacks spanning the entire country began breaking out over the cause considered right wing or conservative. How do you think Biden's DOJ would react? How do you think the media would react to this? We know the answer. But this is a relatively new phenomenon when it comes to terror. Back in the 1960s, 70s and 80s, We knew exactly what the left-wing extremists were all about. We were fighting a war against global communism. And we knew that fear was their weapon. And both the government and the media called them on it. Here's just a short list of some of the left-wing extremist groups. The Weather Underground, the Simonese Liberation Army, the United Freedom Front... FALN and the May 19th communist organization that included members of the Black Panthers. Even with an active campaign to expose them and catch them and prosecute them, these left wing terrorists uh, were responsible for an insane amount of criminal acts and bombings and murders. Imagine what would happen if the government and the media of today were operating back then. 
Well, we've gotten a little taste. As the Democrats began to turn a blind eye to the left-wing violence in the 1990s, things began to spiral out of control. Have you ever heard of the Animal Liberation Front or the Earth Liberation Front? Most haven't, but between 1996 and 2002, they were responsible for 600 criminal acts that caused over $42 million in damages. But those guys are rookies. The Black Lives Matter and Antifa violence in 2020 alone resulted in multiple deaths and one to two billion dollars in damage. We went from a nation of laws and law enforcement to a nation of no, I'm reimagining this violence is mostly peaceful. It's mostly peaceful firebombs, murders and chaos. The problem is, is the Democratic Party just stopped caring They realized that fear is a very powerful weapon. And in 2001, Bill Clinton pardoned Patty Hearst, who helped one radical Marxist group commit armed robberies. Then he pardoned Weather Underground members Susan Rosenberg and Linda Evans. Rosenberg was convicted of possessing 740 pounds of dynamite. And Evans was convicted for helping uh, to bomb the U.S. Capitol. You've seen the pictures recently. It was much, 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 much worse than anything that happened on January 6th. So in 2017, Obama then commuted the sentence of Oscar Lopez uh, Rivera. He helped lead the Marxist group FALN. That group from 1974 to 1983 As he was leader, they were responsible for more than 130 bombings, four deaths, and dozens wounded. Are you noticing a pattern here? The people who are getting released by our Democratic presidents are all terrorists. This is the modern American left. They pardon or commute the sentences for Marxist terrorists, but a nationwide campaign to attack churches and pro-life organization that goes on now in silence. Why? Well, I think it's consistent. They've refused to bat an eye when the son of two weatherground uh, underground uh, members, uh, Chesse, uh, uh, how do you say his last name? Budin. Yeah. Chesse Budin who runs the district who runs for district attorney in San Francisco that is that is the son then they try and run uh, PR as he's blamed for massive crime waves that ultimately ended in his recall the democratic party they see fear as a weapon Maxine Waters told her supporters to follow the GOP politicians everywhere they go. It's why Keith Ellison tweeted a photo, photo of himself holding a copy of the Antifa handbook. It's why Jen Psaki would never say the Biden administration condemned the abortion protests outside of Kavanaugh's home. They want you to be afraid. They want you to be subdued. They want you to be broken. Over 40 attacks on pro-life organizations and churches. And it appears that the Justice Department is ignoring it. Where are they? Let me show you again a poster from the Night of Rage. This is a poster that is on the streets of the District of Columbia today as we wait for more results from the Supreme Court. Posters everywhere in New York. D.C. call to action. Night of Rage. 
The night SCOTUS overturns Roe versus Wade hit the streets. You said you'd riot to our oppressors. If abortions aren't safe, neither are you. Jane's revenge. Where's the DOJ on this? In May, a pro-life organization, Madison, Wisconsin, attacked with a Molotov cocktail. Also vandalized with the words, if abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. Hmm. Sound familiar? Now, it wasn't immediately known who was responsible, but an anonymous intermediary reached out to investigate uh, journalist Robert Evans claiming responsibility. I'm sorry. They reached out to investigative reporter Robert Evans claiming responsibility. Um, it was titled the first communique. And that first communique was found on the dark web. You know where nobody I know lives. The group calls themselves Jane's Revenge. That comes from a 1970s era group that performed illegal abortions called the Jane's Collective. Now, listen to some of their own words from the first communique. Quote, this is not a declaration of war. War has been upon us for decades. This was only a warning. As you continue to bomb clinics and assassinate doctors with impunity, so too shall we adopt increasing extreme tactics to maintain freedom over our own bodies. We are forced to adopt the minimum military requirement for a political struggle. Again, this was only a warning. Next time, the infrastructure of the enslavers will not survive. Medical imperialism will not face a passive enemy. Wisconsin is the first flashpoint, but we are all over the U.S. and we will issue no further warnings. And we will not stop. We will not back down, nor will we hesitate to strike. We are not one group, but many. We are in your city we are in every city. Jane's revenge. Is that not terror? Is that not the very definition of a terrorist group? This warning came out May 8th. On May 30th, Jane's revenge issued another communique announcing a night of rage, which they are holding secret for the near term and the near future. We believe because of the posters that have just been put out, that that is for the night of broken glass, if you will, the riot, the night that uh, Roe versus Wade may be overturned. Now, imagine what would happen if the Weather Underground or May 19th communist organization bombed a government building, then announced a night of rage in the near future. If they were stalking our Supreme Court justices. The FBI, the DOJ, and every other alphabet agency would have been all hands on deck in all of government response to find them and to take them down. Again, where's the Department of Justice? Where was Joe Biden's address to let the public know that they condemned this group and they're actively investigating? The warnings have gone unanswered. And one week later, a pro-life facility operated by Compass Care in Buffalo was the next to be firebombed. One week later, Jane's Revenge took credit for the attack. They were also listed, uh, listing other attacks that they were involved with. Quote, you may have seen us in Madison, Wisconsin, Fort Collins, Colorado. 
Risertown, Massachusetts, Olympia, Washington, Des Moines, Iowa, Linwood, Washington, Washington, D.C., Asheville, Buffalo, Hollywood, Florida, Vancouver, Washington, Frederick, Maryland, Denton, Texas, Gresham, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, Portland, Oregon, and among many others. And we work in countless locations invisibly. Quoting, your 30 days expired yesterday. We offered an honorable way out. You could have walked away, but now the leash is off and we will make it as hard as possible for you to campaign and continue your campaign of aggression, oppression. We have demonstrated in the past month how easy and fun it is to attack. From here forward, any anti-choice group who closes their doors and stops operating will no longer be a target. But until you do, it is open season, and we know where your operations are. Again, where is the Department of Justice? They've already claimed responsibility for at least 17 attacks. There are more than 2,800 pregnancy clinics in the country. How, how, how far does this have to go before Biden does his job? We've been looking into this organization, trying to find its funding. It appears their structure is specifically designed to be vague. It's also suspiciously exactly the way Antifa operates. We spoke to some pro-life organizations that voiced suspicion that Jane's Revenge could, in fact, be members of Antifa. We're still looking into it. But their organization, as well as their graffiti, is very telling. Some of the buildings that they have attacked have been tagged with the anarchist A, common with Antifa. They also spray-painted the numbers 1312, which stands for A-C-A-B, A-C-A-B, all cops are bastards. Does that sound like a pro-abortion person talking to you? For years, we have asked the government to do something about Antifa. President Trump tried to label them as domestic terrorists, but it never went through. That inaction contributed to the summer of rage in 2020, and their further inaction has now put pro-life organizations even at greater risk. And at this point, the only way to get Biden's DOJ to take notice is if you're a parent that doesn't like CRT or sexually explicit material in your kids' schools. Or if you happen to be on Washington, D.C.'s mall on January 6th, and that's about it. If a leftist terrorist group violently attacks a pro-life organization, declares more attacks in the future, no big deal. If you just follow the trends from the Democrats over the past few decades... This is not surprising, nor will it be surprising what happens when the left unleashes war on our streets. For fear is their weapon. And congratulations, who everybody wanted to return to normalcy with Joe Biden. Welcome to Joe Biden's America. Our sponsor this half hour is Preborn. So while I uh, have been reading the uh, threats from uh, Jane's Revenge, let me just say this. The Blaze and the Glenn Beck program have partnered with Preborn. Preborn is, is the premier pro-life group, I think, in America. They have found the way and unlocked the keys 
on how to get women to look at their babies as babies, not a clump of cells. Uh, Right now, right now, every 34 seconds in America, a child who is supposed to be born is aborted. About 20% of all of the children that are supposed to be born are killed. This madness, this death cult has to stop. So how do we do it? Well, let's go the opposite way of Jane's revenge. Let's love these mothers. Preborn has rescued hundreds of thousands of babies' lives through ultrasound. All they do is bring information. When a woman considering an abortion visits a preborn center, she hears the baby's heartbeat. She sees the baby. And when she sees that child on an ultrasound, the majority of the time she chooses life for her baby. So let's help these women, not just there with the ultrasound, but afterwards, let's help them get on their feet. I want you to join the Glenbeck program. Join me and Preborn to help rescue 50,000 babies in 2022. For $28, you can sponsor one ultrasound. For $140, you can help rescue five babies' lives. All of these gifts are tax-deductible. Donate. There is no one on the sidelines in this. We are fighting not against flesh and bone, but good versus evil. Choose to be on the right side today. Keyword is baby if you just dial pound 250. Pound 250 and keyword baby, or just donate securely at preborn.com slash back. We're all under attack, but the ones we should care about are the children, the babies. Preborn.com slash back. Stand for life. 10 seconds, station ID. Stu, I know you've been looking into uh, Jane's Revenge uh, as well, and some people are saying, this is just the right trying to make the left look bad. Please give it a rest. Yeah, I mean, I guess theoretically you could, you should consider all options on this. Uh, yeah, consider you know, it. Again, I don't know why exactly the right would do this. I don't know that there's been any real history of them doing this. Uh, one of the things, though, that convinced me to discard that theory was multiple organizations and um, I know one professor that studies this got word of this organization from someone unnamed that that assured them that it was legitimate in other words someone they knew on the left in the activist community that was already working with these types of organizations came to them and said hey you know this is legit and this is from multiple different organizations and people who study this. So we don't know for sure. Obviously, we don't have the entire history. It could be one of those things where they've something was somehow started falsely and has been appropriated by people who really are doing it. But it is really happening. We're seeing the attacks. It's actually real. And it's people who study this are saying it's actually real. More next. The Glenn Beck Program. Lots of ways to show your appreciation for those who fight to keep us free and safe. It isn't, um, it isn't just send people off to war or send people out, um, you know, to police our streets and, you know, hey, they knew the odds. 
And it's not just it's not enough to give on certain days of the year. We want to do it all of our days and be people of merit. Tunnel to Towers was founded uh, right after September 11th, and they wanted to help all the service people that didn't come home that day. They wanted to help the firemen and the police, their families. And they've expanded now to military as well. Anybody who is fighting in our name, anybody who is standing up for truth, justice in the American way, um, if they if they lose their life in the in the course of duty, Tunnel to Towers make sure that they don't that family does not have to worry about a mortgage. They're homeless veterans. They're giving through Operation Home Base, just tiny homes. It's remarkable what they do. Check them out now. Just go to T2T.org. Tunnel to Towers, T, the number 2T.org, and donate $11 a month. Do it now. And blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. We have a Supreme Court ruling that just came out that looks very, very good. There were, I think, three others that are are not really on anybody's radar. Uh, I'm sorry to say that for those who are involved, but uh, there is one major ruling that is coming out today, and it is a great ruling for religious schools. Uh, can you summarize, Stu? Yeah, basically, it's a program in Maine that was about tuition to private schools in areas where maybe there wasn't a, a, a school and it was more rural area, maybe no school available. Can you get tuition to private schools? And Maine basically said, yeah, some of these religious schools, they don't qualify. You can't give you, you can't use this program for those religious schools because, you know, they're religious. And the court ruled 6-3 that that law is unconstitutional. So on the split that you'd theoretically assume, Roberts wrote it uh, along with the five conservatives and then, you know, the typical dissent you'd expect from the three uh, liberals on the court. I should give you this one. I mean, just, you know, you you know, there's no bigger dunce on the court than uh, Sonia Sotomayor. Uh, The other, you know, Elena Kagan's liberal, right? But. Sotomayor is a special category. She writes, the court continues to dismantle the wall of separation between church and state that the framers fought to build. (laughs) They didn't fight to build it. They never, they, oh my gosh. Oh, she's just a dunce. But anyway, 14 cases remaining. We have at least one more coming. The other three are relative. There's, you know, kind of an interesting one on crime that doesn't make all that much sense to me. Um, but uh, it was which was a 7-2 decision on a, on a attempted robbery that they're saying basically was not a violent crime for sentencing purposes, even though there was a threat threat of violence uh, and someone got shot in the incident and a bunch of other stuff, including a guilty plea from from the guy who did it. But they said that's not a, a crime of violence for federal gui- uh, sentencing guidelines. Long story short, it's a kind of a strange one, and Clarence Thomas has a very funny, very short dissent on it uh, that you may want to read a little bit later. <laughs> we'll on. get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to that later. I, I, let's get somebody on the on the phone to explain that because does that now play into all of these prosecutors that are trying to reduce sentencing? Yeah, it's a federal. It's the federal sentencing guidelines on this one. So basically, in this particular case, the guy can go to jail for thirty years, but or for twenty years, but not thirty. 
Um, so in this particular case, you know, who knows, but it would indicate that some people who have been convicted to, uh, and been sentenced to longer uh, t- time periods could get that reduced uh, with a challenge. And going forward, it may be more difficult to put these guys in prison for longer periods of time. All right. So let me uh, let me pick up where I left off yesterday with Michelle Obama, because you need to understand this. What is happening in today's America has been a very long laid plan. And the first warning sign of it came from Michelle Obama. She was in Puerto Rico. This is 2008. She's on the campaign trail. And she says famously these words. And Barack knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We are going to have to change our conversation. We're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place as a nation to provide the kind of future that we all want desperately for our children. And he is the man to do it. Now, just a few days before, in fact, five days before the election, uh, then candidate Obama said the words, we are five days away from the fundamental transformation of the United States of America. So we know when this was put into play and it is being finished now. Yesterday, I played this uh, clip from her uh, where she was saying, Barack knows. Brock knows that we're going to have to make sacrifices. And I told you about all of the things that we have already sacrificed And then she said, we're going to have to change our language, our conversations. Well, that's been fundamentally transformed, hasn't it? Aren't you having conversations now that you never thought you would ever have in America? I love the Ricky Gervais line saying that, uh, you know, you're never going to get you're never going to get bashed uh, and kicked off Twitter or any social media for 10 years ago saying, There's no such thing as a man that can get pregnant because we didn't say it back then because we didn't think we had to think of think of all of the things that we're saying now to each other that we're talking about having conversations about about, you know, men in women's changing rooms uh, pronouns. You can't define a woman. Our Supreme Court justice nominee could not define a woman. Don't think that would have happened prior to 2008. Or the fact that all white people are guilty and there is no salvation for them. Our God and our Constitution. They've been run out of town. The teachings now and the sacraments, they're bigoted who would have ever thought that with the founding of this nation that proclaiming your faith and i don't care what it is i don't care if you're the you know you follow the church of piglet from winnie the pooh i don't care the fact that we can't talk about our faith openly without being called bigots is remarkable The conversations that we have had on terror right now, that January 6th, the clowns that went in and actually did something, I want them in jail. But to say that that was a serious, 
terrorist insurrection is ridiculous. And yet the conversation we just had, where's the DOJ on Jane's revenge? Where's the DOJ on Black Lives Matter? The fact that we can't even talk about Black Lives Matter. The conversations that have happened in our national archives over our founding documents where they had to put warning labels on them because they were offensive. Yeah, I think we've changed our conversations. I think we've sacrificed. She goes on to say, and we're going to change our our traditions and our history. Well, I think that has happened. Our traditions, look at the, the state of the church today. Look at the state of our holidays. Look at the state of just Independence Day, July 4th. How many of us, the diehard constitutionalists, the ones who love America, go to a 4th of July ceremony and we're kind of like, eh. Our, all of our traditions have been debased. All of our heroes have been debased. All of our institutions debased. What do you believe in today? I would say that's changing our traditions. Our foundations of life, liberty, and property, gone. Your personal business was your personal business. And, and you had the God-given freedom to expand your opportunities to the best of your abilities, but you don't anymore. We fought a bloody war to create an experiment to break free from overlords. We fought another bloody war to guarantee that that freedom we love so much included all skin colors. There's no other nation on the planet that did that. There is no other nation on the planet where freedom and opportunity are so widely shared and available regardless of race or creed. Nowhere yet we don't think we're special. Our traditions and our history are being changed. Occupy Wall Street said it was those dirty one percenters who are enslaving the other 99%. Eat the rich. And how did Obama respond? He sympathized with them. Do you remember that? He said the radicals in the Occupy, mo- uh, Occupy movement reflected the, quote, broad-based frustration in the country. Later, when discussing Black Lives Matter, Obama said the movement was, quote, something that gave me hope, end quote. Why am I not surprised that those who called for the fundamental transformation of America find hope in the words of trained Marxists? Michelle Obama said she feared for her daughter's lives now that they're driving cars. Why? Because of all of the systemically racist cops out there. This is the tradition. This is the history. The 1619 Project. They are changing it. Because they know if we disconnect from our history and our traditions, we no longer are America. They want us to believe that everything is racist, bigoted, and everyone is full of hate. They want us to believe that the pilgrims were horrible people, despite all of the actual evidence and documents. And worst of all, the most important tradition of all, the American family That is the strength and the backbone of our culture. But just like the progressives did in the 1960s, they, by saying we love you so much, 
They killed the black family. And look at what has happened to their culture. Look at what has happened because they broke the back of the family. That wasn't blacks that did that. That was progressive whites that did that. And now Black Lives Matter is returning the favor. They've pledged to end the nuclear family. Children are being taught in schools to be advocates and activists, to march, to join unions. They're being subjected to sexualized material. Drag queens were never part of our culture, at least the overall culture. Drag queens were a subculture. Now they are our culture. Now we have Nancy Pelosi saying drag queens are what made America what it is today. Woodrow Wilson said it was the purpose of a university to make a son as most unlike his father as possible. Well, they're doing it now in pre-K, in kindergarten. They're directly going after our grade school kids, and they're using our kids to break our families. See, this is the most sinister part of the transformation, honestly. Companies like Disney, public school boards, federal government going directly at the most vulnerable targets they can find, our children, all to re-engineer a warped view of our history, to shatter American traditions, destroy the American family, and who better to lead it for the left than Mickey frickin' Mouse? If that's not a tradition that has now been destroyed. Michelle said at the end of her statement that we are moving into a different place as a nation to provide the future we want. This is why America first is so dangerous for them. America must be subservient. America must be broken. We are not a lighthouse. We are not a city on a a shining city on a on a hill. We're not that. If the most powerful nation that has ever existed can bow to an outside power. Who will the subjects bow to? How many freedoms will they be willing to sacrifice? Our tradition of our proud military being destroyed, destroyed. Who does this administration take the lead from? Every time they talk or write an executive order, I see regurgitated words from the World Economic Forum. The future Michelle spoke about is summed up with one word, subservience. That is the new America, and it is the end of the American experiment, the end of the American tradition and exceptionalism. It is the end of the nation that you and I remember But it doesn't have to be that way. Tomorrow, I will show you a way out. Don't miss it. So the way things are going, Google will probably invent an artificially intelligent cyber criminal uh, one of these days. 
um, instead of figuratively stealing your identity, it will literally steal it uh, like you'll be one of the Borg or something. But anyway, until that blessed day, uh, we are still stuck with the old cyber criminals, you know, sitting in a wife beater T-shirt in the basement of their mom's house someplace in Russia. Uh, it's still a bummer. Uh, but it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft can affect your lives every day. We put our information at risk on the Internet, and that's what LifeLock is here for. They can't catch everything. No one can, but they can monitor things better than you can on your own. And if you do become a victim, the restoration specialists can work with you to help you fix the problem quickly. Nobody can prevent everything from happening. But LifeLock by Norton is the very best. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BACK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code BACK for 25% off. LifeLock.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day? Miss a lot. Visit BlazeTV.com today and never miss a moment of truth. There have been, uh, there's, I think, 13 cases left. There were 18 today. Five came out. Um, and only one of them are of the big six that we are really expecting that could change everything that we know uh, in, uh, in our country, one of which being the overturning of Roe versus Wade. One of them came out today, one of the five that came out, and that's one of the big six. And it is really on private schools and religious schools uh, can you use government money to send your kids to uh, religious schools? And the answer is yes. Yeah, and one of the dissents, I think it was Breyer, who wrote basically like, does this mean that if a parent wants to send their kid to a private school, the government has to pay them? I'm like, I, I don't think so, but I hope so. That would be <laughs> that would be fantastic. I certainly hope so. Yeah, yeah you, you fantastic. Mean, you mean I don't yeah. have to, I can stop dumping all of my money into tax payments for public schools that I don't send my kids to? That would be wonderful. I would love to not pay twice yeah. for school. It would be great. Hey, you mean I could pay on a school that I believe in and mm. not one that I that's teaching everything I'm 100% against? Or both. Wow. Mm. The Glenn Beck Program. America, let me lead this hour with some good news. The Supreme Court has just released one of its major rulings. This one was all about uh, public schools versus religious schools. Can parents send their kids to religious schools uh, and uh, still get the benefits from the state? 
The answer from the court is uh, yes. That's a really big thing for private schools and religious schools. We'll give you all the details coming up. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your economy. First, I want to I want to ask the question that I think many people might be asking. What the heck is happening to Bitcoin? Uh, we'll talk about Bitcoin and its future. Does it have one? Also, something else that has really been bothering me as I started to do some research on the Great Depression uh, and hearing some of the rumblings coming from uh, some of the leadership, if you will, uh, on Wall Street on what they think is coming. Carol Roth is joining us, a recovering investment banker that cares more about Main Street than Wall Street. She's joining us in 60 seconds. First, our sponsor this half hour is Goldline. Um, you know, I played the clip of Janet Yellen walking back her initial, you know, uh, proclamation that no, 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 it is inflation. No. How bad do you think the reports coming across her desk have to be before she's willing to say, oh, you know what? Yeah, uh, all hands on deck. Enough of all this other crap. Uh, inflation. I don't think she'll ever say that, no matter how bad it is. But, I mean, how bad does it have to get before the White House even recognizes inflation? I wish I was uh, talking about things that would just require you, maybe, and me to tighten our belt a little bit, you know, and, uh, and it would be no big deal and it would pass. But I don't think that is happening. The chips are down and your family needs to be prepared. We're going to talk about Bitcoin here. I have said for a long time. I would have a little bit of everything if you can and not a lot of anything because I don't know what's going to stand or what's not. So spread that risk around. But the only thing that so far I haven't lost on uh, is land and that's getting dicey uh, and gold. Gold is the only thing that is really remaining stable right now. It should be shooting up, but it's not for unknown reasons. I don't know. Uh, but right now, Goldline can really protect your money better than any other place, I think. They have the very hard-to-find one-tenth ounce gold American eagles available right now. And you'll receive five of the Mind Your Business silver bars at no cost with every gold ounce silver, I mean, or sorry, every American eagle that is one-tenth of an ounce gold. So call them now, right now, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Carol, welcome to the program. Nice to Can be you back with tell you. Tell me what is happening with Bitcoin? Is is the cryptocurrency thing over or or what? What's happening? Well, as I always like to say, you know, if I had the perfect crystal ball, I would be on my yacht know. in the Mediterranean. So so right. I, I think that the answer is there is a an interesting bull case and an interesting bear case, and, and we have to, to kind of leave it up to the people to decide. What's happening with the price now is really, um, you know, the contagion of, you know, what goes on when there is fear in the markets. And Bitcoin, for all the times that people said it was a hedge, it's never been a hedge. This has been a speculative asset that's trying to find its footing and maybe become a hedge in the future. But it has been a speculative asset. And as we've had all of this money uh, pumped into the markets via the Fed, via the stimulus, 
everything has gone up and Bitcoin has been a beneficiary. So now that the Fed is reversing course, we don't have stimulus, we're getting tightening monetary policy, um, everything is going down and Bitcoin is going down with it. Plus, there is this sort of spiral effect. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, Glenn, but people are greedy and they can't just be happy with <laughs> the prices of things going up. So when they see stuff going up, they often want to double down. And so they'll take on loans or they'll pledge some of their assets as collateral mm. to get loans in order to buy more Bitcoin, which is great when it's going up. But when it starts to come down, then you get the margin call from your financial institutions that you don't have enough collateral to back this. Um, you know, what are you going to do? And so that creates a lot lot of downward selling pressure. So I think there's a lot of flushing out of the leverage. Um, there is, you know, kind of that contagion effect between the markets. And, you know, the, I think that for a lot of the novices who have been lured in, in some cases by bad actors, because there, there are some very smart people who are in Bitcoin and there are some really questionable actors who are in Bitcoin. Um, for those who have kind of had this marketing machine and lured in the novices that, you know, can explain to you what a gold chain is, but they can't explain what a blockchain is, but they're still double down in Bitcoin. I think a lot of those people, you know, tend to be the first ones to go out because they don't have an, an underlying conviction and underlying investment thesis. They're sure. just trying to, they're, they're the FOMO people, the fear of missing out. So I have, um, you know, I bought Bitcoin, unfortunately, not when Mark Andreessen sitting in his office told me <laughs> to buy it, which was, pen, I mean, tenths of pennies. Um, I bought it later. And uh, my wife has said to me, this is long term. We're not pulling it out. We're not pulling it out. We're not pulling it out. And so we haven't pulled it out. Uh, and it's a little freaky, but I wouldn't pull it out because I do believe that something like Bitcoin is going to be the future. My only fear is what the government can do to it. That's the only thing that is a doubt in my mind. Otherwise, I'd be buying more Bitcoin today, you know, Yeah, I mean, uh, because I believe I believe in it except for the government. Yeah, and that's a huge exception because governments around the world uh, retain power by having control over the money supply. And they're actually trying to use the interest in Bitcoin to uh, kind of trick people into supporting the central banks creating their own digital currency, which is not crypto. It's not decentralized. They own it, but it's digital. And a lot of people don't really sort of appreciate the nuance there. So mm -hmm. I think that is a huge risk. Um, there, there's no way sovereign nations want decentralized finance to become a thing. Sure. Uh, so they're going to do everything they can to fight it. We've already seen, you know, potential proposals and potential legislation. So I think that makes it, you know, a very, very serious risk. And, you know, there's a, a topic I think that's related to this that people need to understand. And it's the concept of total returns versus risk adjusted returns. You know, you can go out and spend a dollar on a lottery ticket and you could win the Powerball. You could win it, $100 million. Your return mm -hmm. is phenomenal. 
But on a risk adjusted basis for every person who does that, most people are going to lose the dollar. And so when you're looking at these speculative assets, a lot of times people are looking at total returns. Oh, look at how much it's returned. But you're taking on a lot of risk to do it. So it really needs to be treated in that asset class, that speculative asset class. And like you said, you know, maybe it's a small amount of your portfolio, but you have to look at risk adjusted returns, not total returns. Um, Carol, I want to talk to you about uh, something that I've been reading a lot about from from people like you and economists, etc. And some are saying and some are denying that (laughs) deflation is coming. And as I was reading, I've been studying up on the Great Depression recently. Um, and uh, as I was reading what, what happened there, the, the stock market crashed and everybody freaked out. And they ran to the banks. We saw It's a Wonderful Life. They ran to the banks. They got their money out. Uh, the banks closed. They had to reset everything. But people were so fearful that they held on to their dollars and they weren't spending those dollars. And so as I'm, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, this seems like a no brainer to think this is coming. And I'd like you to talk me down from this tree. Um, I, I could very easily see a situation where our food and our fuel is so expensive. It breaks the back of most consumers. They just are. They're just living for food and fuel and heat. And, you know, they're living at the bare necessity, which means they don't have any money to go out and buy new clothes. They don't have anything to buy non-essentials. Would it not be is it not possible to have super high inflation on some products and super uh, low deflation prices that are are crazy because they they nobody's buying them in in other categories. Is that possible to have both of those? Yeah, I think that the the best analogy for that was would be, you know, kind of the 70s and you know, something that looks like stagflation where the economy stagnates and it's stagnating, like you said, because all of the money is being sucked up in a couple of categories and there really isn't a lot um, to go around in other places. There's not a lot of investments being made and whatnot, but we still end up having high inflation. And we are certainly a lot of people feel like we are in that sort of stagflation um, you know, arena right now now, you know, and it can continue on the trajectory. But you have to remember in terms of deflation, I mean, that's what the Federal Reserve is trying to do. They are actively trying to deflate, you know, not just the bubbles and assets, but they're trying to deflate spending to cool off the economy. That's why they're shedding their balance sheet. That is why they are raising their interest rates. It is meant to cool off demand. And that's the math problem that I keep talking about. You know, they keep saying, oh, the consumer and and businesses are going to save us from a recession. But at the same time, the policy is meant to do the exact opposite. The the policy is meant to to make it so that people aren't able to spend in the same way. So those two objectives are at odds with each other. And so I do think that we could end up in this prolonged period, like you said, where the inflation hasn't quite got under control, especially because we have so many supply demand imbalances 
in our economy. You know, we have a, a labor imbalance. We have a, a food imbalance. We have a housing imbalance. We have an energy imbalance and we have a commodity imbalance. And that is not going to be, you know, uh, solved by any monetary policy that requires real action. And we don't have leadership that's willing to to lead or, frankly, do anything. So so we have uh, uh as I see it, we're looking at a situation again. I'm going back and, and and please correct me where my thinking is off, but I'm going back to the Great Depression. So people were afraid. They held on to their money. Um, they spent what they had to and what they could afford, uh, but nothing else that caused the labor market to shoot out of control to un- to about 25 percent unemployment. Um, and because the factories were closing down because no one was buying anything from the factories, which then in turn made FDR say, we're going to build the Hoover Dam to give people jobs. But it was all the government money, which would have just caused more inflation, if I'm not mistaken, uh, had it not been for the, and I hate to say it this way, but the saving grace of the Second World War. Right. We were were we in a death spiral? I, I mean, the, the war was definitely a, a different kind of reset. And I think that, you know, a lot of the logic that you're talking about makes sense. Your consumer sentiment is really important and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If people don't feel confident, they don't go out and spend if they're worried about their inflation and, and being able to feed their family and, and get to work, they aren't going to spend. I think there are a couple of things that we have that are different and it's not necessarily better for the average American. So I just want to be clear that I, I'm on your side and I'm not saying that it's better. Um, but because of this huge supply de- demand imbalance in the labor market, you know, we have two jobs available for every person looking. The likelihood is that that probably contracts to be, you know, a, a better match than having massive unemployment just because, of, you know, that that um, scenario is going on. And we also have a whole slew of Americans who are doing, you know, have done very well. You know, they've been the beneficiaries of this giant wealth transfer from Main Street to Wall Street. So I think we're going to have, you know, a a lot of, um, you know, different outcomes, you know, that inequality that's been driven by government policy. And that's never a good thing because of, you know, the the social unrest that comes with it. And rightfully so, um, because, you know, these policies have really put the middle class, the working class, um, and in some cases, the lower class at risk to the benefit of the people on the inside. And so the numbers on average may not show how dire the situation is. And so they're going to be able to spin and say, oh, everything's great. And the consumer's doing well when people are really struggling. And, you know, that's where we're going to continue to just be furious and you know, demand something be done about that. Uh, Carol, thank you so much for everything that you do. She's just um, issued a new paper, a new uh, piece for the blaze. What the heck is going on with Bitcoin? Uh, and you can find that at uh, theblaze.com. Theblaze.com. What is going on with Bitcoin by Carol Roth? Thanks, Carol. God bless. Thank you. Let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins. Um, all these things that we are trying to preserve, we know why we're pr- trying to preserve them because we know they work. But our children don't know that. Our children grew up in a different time. 
our children aren't being taught that they're not seeing it. They're seeing government uh, having to come in and rescue things and people. May I suggest that you get for your children or your grandchildren, or your neighbors, kids, whomever. Please look at the Tuttle Twins collection, the Tuttle Twins books. They teach freedom and the history, the true history of America. But they do more than that. They reach in and grab your kids' imaginations through stories that are based on classic and important American books. The Tuttle Twins books. They tell the stories that will stick with them forever. Tuttle Twins. 35% discount off their books right now. They're giving away activity workbooks at no additional cost. It's a huge discount. Every household should have the whole set, quite honestly. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Go to the TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Keep your kids sane in this crazy socialist world and show them a way out. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. You can play it at the uh, 35. You know, uh, as she was talking about how there's going to be redistribution of wealth, it's already happening. Um, it, it reminded me of when I was at Jay Leno's garage. And um, uh, Jay invited me out for my birthday. And I went out with my family and... Um, my son probably was six or seven, maybe. And I remember being in the uh, in the Bugatti section of his garage. And there was this old 1929 Bugatti. And his son, uh, my son just started running towards it. Dad, look at this car. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Everything is in slow motion. Stop. Don't touch the car. And he's running with jam all over his hands. And Leno says to me, let it go, let it go. Rafe, go on, hop inside. And I'm like, Jay, really, seriously, I think, I don't know if he's got jam all over him someplace. And um, he said, no, that's what these cars are for. And he was really cool about it. And um, we started talking about the car. And he said, that's a 1929 Bugatti. And he said, I bought it. And when I bought it, it was a truck. And I said, I didn't know Bugatti made trucks. And he said, they didn't. He said, that was purchased in 1929 in New York City by a guy, I can't remember his name. And uh, he said, he couldn't drive it. He got it right after the crash. And he said, every time he drove it, people would throw rocks or eggs at him. And so he could never take it out of the garage. And eventually he sold it and some farmer, it ended up with some farmer who, uh, you know, just took a blowtorch and cut it all in pieces and put the back half as a truck. And he used it as a farm to market truck, this Bugatti. And I'm wondering at what point do we, because I think the disparity between rich and poor is greater now. I mean, it it was not greater between people like, you know, the average person in, and Rockefeller. But there are more people now that have money. It's not just a handful of people. It's a lot of people that have money um, who I think a lot of people, and, and in some cases, rightfully so, those people have been living off of the bones 
of of others and it's been this giant wealth transfer that i think a lot of people especially in washington they knew what they were doing they knew this and they did it anyway because it enriched them or got them reelected or whatever i i uh in 1929, when we were much better people, I think, than we are now, how long is it going to take us to get to that point where it really is eat the rich? And by the way, I'm very fatty. I know you might think that I'm marbleized, but I'm not. I'm very, I'm just fatty. I'm not good to eat. Uh, so, hey, look over there, squirrel. Anyway, uh, nine. Uh, uh, the uh, program continues in just a moment. We're going to go back to the Supreme Court uh, and what the Supreme Court decided today. Next. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So we're all in a position right now where we need to save our money. We need to save our money. You need to get ahead before it's too late. So have you considered a cash-out refi of your mortgage yet? Because if you haven't, you might want to call American Financing today and get that free mortgage review I've been telling you about. There's no upfront costs or obligations in order to move forward. Talk to them many, many times. I've heard from a number of people who have used them. Many of my friends and the people that I work with uh, also have used them, and it's always five-star reviews. They have um, their consultants, their mortgage-backed uh, consultants, are salary based so they're not after a commission there's no pressure on them they want to do the right thing you could save up to a thousand dollars and you could skip a couple of months of your home loan you can pay off your credit cards please consider this before home prices really start to sink it's american financing at 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net and blazetv.com slash glenn the promo code being glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv This is a schoolhouse, a lot like the schoolhouse that my grandparents would have gone to. They passed tests that most adults couldn't pass today in the eighth grade. And then the Department of Education and the teachers unions took over. Perhaps it is time to abolish the Department of Education because just like this old building, our school system is a wreck. Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, only on the Blaze TV. I went into uh, that schoolhouse that we just uh, just showed. If you're watching Blaze TV in that commercial, um, it is it's amazing. The old chalkboards are still there, and it there is not a house for miles around. This is the school. This I think this is the only school that any you know, grandparent could have gone to that actually could say, I walked five miles to school both ways uphill because both ways, strangely, is uphill at this uh, school. Um, it's just a it's an amazing piece of history. Anyway, tomorrow we are going to expose the uh, 
of our schools and what's going on and what to do about it tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern only on Blaze TV. I've got a couple of things. You know, I uh, there's there's not a lot of times that I think to myself, wow, Kamala Harris is good. Um, but I think she may be the best at this. Now, here she is talking about Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, our new Supreme Court justice. Uh, here she is praising her. Listen to this. What did you think when you watched that hearing? I will tell you, Joy. Yes. I experienced great joy when I watched this brilliant, phenomenal Mm. black woman, Mm -hmm. jurist, Mm -hmm. be so smart and just cut through the political Mm. gamesmanship that they were attempting to incite. And she just was composed. And as far as I'm concerned, was taking a whole lot of people to school. Wow. Wow. Now, I said at the beginning, she's the best at this. She's the best at being the worst communicator ever in the history of politics. She treats everyone like they're two years old. And if and I can guarantee you, what were you what were you thinking when you watched that? I don't know. Did I watch that? Um, you know, um, I'm thinking, thinking joy. Uh, that's her name. <gasps> I was feeling joy, joy. <laughs> I have nothing else. I mean, that she is horrible, 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 horrible. She really is. She never seems to be prepared for anything. I mean, I, you go around life at times. You're prepared for things. Things fall into your lap and you just know them. Someone asks you a question about something you're familiar with. It seems to never occur with her. She, there's never a moment no. where someone asks her something that she knows about. No, she doesn't. I don't even know if you could ask her about her and she would know. Who are you really? You know, Joy, I, I, I like you, I'm Joy. What are you, what are you talking about? This woman is an imbecile, an absolute imbecile. Um, but we could replace her with AI soon. Uh, and tell me that AI could not write and sound and look like her. All the she might be AI. I don't know. If you don't believe me, I want to show you how far the voice um, uh, reproduction now is. Remember, we used to play this, and the voice never really sounded like the voice. This is AI writing after consuming a bunch of Jerry Seinfeld shows. This is AI writing and delivering a monologue as Jerry Seinfeld. Listen to this. Why does it seem like every time you're watching TV, there's a commercial for a new brand of cat food, and it's always some kind of crazy new flavor, like tuna and salmon surprise, or chicken and liver delight. I don't need a new flavor of cat food every other week. Just tell me what was so bad about the old ones. They were great. And why are they always trying to trick us with these new flavors? They'll be like, we know you like tuna, so we put some tuna in this can, but we also put some other stuff in there too. I don't want to have to guess what's in my cat food. I just want it to be tuna. That's it. Just tuna. No surprises. And don't even get me started on those specialty cat foods. 
I saw one the other day that was for indoor cats. What the heck is that about? Are there different foods for different kinds of cats now? So I don't know about you, but I'm not going to start feeding my cat different foods, depending on where exactly he is located. That's just ridiculous. That's actually good. Is that amazing? That is, there's no humans involved in that. That is all AI. That is the AI doing the voice, the routine, and writing it. That's, That's like, remarkable. Legitimately incredible and actually kind of funny. Like it was actually like a, there, it wasn't. Yeah. The only problem, mm. the only problem was it lacked in some of his delivery. He st- mm-hmm. still doesn't have the human delivery mm-hmm. that I think Jerry Seinfeld would have put in. But Jerry Seinfeld could have done that routine and it would have been funny. Yeah, it wasn't that far off. I mean, you're right. There were points of emphasis no. that weren't hit appropriately and everything right. but still I, the fact that that can happen is really incredible and they're starting you could tell that i think a lot of these i could be wrong on this but i think a lot of these media companies are starting to do this stuff on social media where they're just taking oh. you know they're not even they don't even have like they're not you know there was that old thing you know you have people who are real social media experts out there doing this well and then some companies you can tell just assign it to just the guy in the hallway uh just to tweet right. something <laughs> i don't even think they're doing that anymore i think they're just just assigning it to uh, ai and it's just churning out stuff after learning essentially reading the article it's just churning out yeah. something they think would work as a tweet i mean it's really incredible i believe that kamala harris is ai I think at least she's just everything written for her is AI. Nobody will work for her in an office. So somewhere in the corner, there's like, oh, no, she's going to talk to me again. (laughs) And she's going to ask me for a speech here. Say this. And she's just saying she has an older version because it's an insult to AI to Mm. say that. A current version is is writing her material. Well, I think both our um, president and our vice president need a reboot. I just feel like, you know, they're falling over on bicycles. They're just calling out the name of the person interviewing them as the emotion they're talking about. We really do need mm-hmm. uh, there might be a virus of sorts. Uh, we need Norton to step in. Yeah, um, I think Biden does. Well, can we start with Larry Summers? Because yesterday I I heard Joe Biden on the beach, which was great to see him on the beach. He's now taken more vacation than any other president for this amount of time in the Oval Office, which I just think he needs. Sleep he should take out. more. He should never um, come into the office. I'm take, fine with that. Uh, amen, brother. Although, strangely, I think everything would still continue to work as well as it is. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, he was out and he said, look, I just talked to Larry Summers today and, and, and Larry was telling me, I mean, this this uh, this, you know, uh, the idea that we're in a recession is just it's nonsense. Really? Because here's Larry Summers two days ago. My best guess is that a recession is ahead. I base that on the fact that we haven't had a situation like the present with Inflation above four and unemployment below four without a recession following within a year or two. And so I think the likelihood is that in order to do what's necessary oh, thank goodness. to He's stop inflation, the Fed is going to raise interest rates enough that the economy will slip into recession. And I think mm. that that view, which was not a common view a couple months ago, yeah is now the view of a number of statistical models and the view of a range of uh, forecasters. Okay. 
blah, 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 blah. Okay, so we got it. Recession. Here is Joe Biden yesterday. Nothing about a recession. Talking about Larry. Hmm. Maybe he doesn't remember Larry's conversation. That's a possibility because Larry's quite clear on that. I, what is it going to take for him to go, hey, yeah, things are bad. Things are bad. I don't know. It seems to be the 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 opposite of what his strategy is. I mean, he has said over and over. I mean, they were saying Afghanistan was a wild success, Glenn. I don't think there's any way to get more blind and obvious uh, that you're you're just lying to people than that. I mean, it, the, everyone understood this, that it was a total failure. And they went out in front of the American people and said it was a, it was a there's no way to look at it other than an unquestioned success. That was uh, what Jen Psaki actually said. So I, I, I think that this is their strategy. Their, their strategy is that the media and, uh, and, and everyone, that, that all the influencers and all the celebrities and all the politicians, if you just keep saying things are good, they will repeat it and eventually people will understand what you want them to understand. I, I don't think that's how America works, but that is how the Biden administration believes it works. Doesn't the media have a lower approval rating than Congress? They're right I mean, around the same. Honestly, mm-hmm. and I, I, I mean this sincerely. I think termites beat Congress in affection polls. I think people are like, <laughs> I don't know, termites, they're destroying my house. But I mean, at least I can get out of my house and, uh, you know, my life will go on. I, yeah, I like termites better than I like members of Congress. Uh, how does the the press think they're going to get out of this? You know what I mean? As a business person, you when you're this unpopular and your ratings are going this low, wouldn't you think that someone in the room would go, hey, guys, should should we rethink things here? Uh, because. I feel like the passengers in third class and second class are already dead and they've all they've all drowned. Uh, Maybe we should put the cognac down just for a minute. Think this one through. But it doesn't. There's no motion. How do these people think this is going to end for them? (laughs) Oh, boy, don't. No, no, no. I was because I was thinking about it myself and maybe we were all thinking the same thing and it wasn't a good thing. So I apologize for making you think that thing right there. Okay, our sponsor this half hour is my pillow with Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell uh, is the guy who came up with my pillow. And uh, when you sleep on a my pillow, if you have the right size, I found this out. I have the large size, the small size I didn't like, but I'm a large man, very large man. Anyway, uh, and uh, I was putting my head down on this wee little pillow and I didn't like it. Mike said, you got to try the other one. It's the bigger one. It's the king size. So I have the king size and I love it. I really love it. For a limited time, Mike is offering a flash sale on his My Pillows with prices as low as 1988 with a promo code back. 
these prices are not anywhere close to 1988. You can get these pillows, and they have a, um, I think it's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you, if you don't love it, you can return it, no questions asked. You can get them for other people. Now might be a good time to buy things for Christmas. I mean, things are in stock and not as expensive, expensive as they will be soon. Um, MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. You're going to find an amazing offer there. Just uh, use the promo code back at MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Or call 800-966-3117. Get the specials now. MyPillow.com. The Glenn Back Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Stu, I want to help. I want your help on uh, a story here uh, because I just think it is riddled with so many things that are confusing. Uh, I don't know up from down. Uh, here's the headline from Science Alert. A secret polar bear population has been found in an impossible location. Mm. Not now, that impossible. My first thought is found. right. And. Who made this? I mean, is this a secret team of polar bears or was it that just you just found it recently discovered? Not really a secret polar bear population, right? I mean, were they trying to keep it away from humans? Is this a CIA project? What what is this secret? Do they have missions that they have to go on? I don't know, but they're in an impossible location. Now, I would think an impossible location to find a polar bear would be space. Impossible. Um, even in, you know, parts of Alaska where there's no ice, maybe it was on an ice shelf and it just dissolved as it got down to the sunny beaches of Malibu. Not impossible. Unlikely. A secret population of polar bears in Greenland has been discovered in a seemingly impossible habitat. One that, for most of the year, lacks floating ice platforms of sea ice, which the beasts, how dare them, used to hunt. The unusual group, which scientists previously thought was part of another nearby population, has been hiding in plain sight for hundreds of years. They're not, they're not, they haven't been hiding from you, scientists. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this. They, they don't know you're looking for them, so they're not hiding. Um... The bears live on steep slopes around fjords, long and narrow coastal inlets where glaciers meet the ocean and hunt on the patchwork of gl uh, glacial ice that breaks up in these inlets. The new discovery suggests that some polar bears at least may be able to adapt to the sea ice disappearing as climate change worsens. Wow. Mm. So they may be able to adapt in secret. Uh, now, here's the uh, here's the kicker to the story. Although the study does provide a glimmer of hope from, for some polar bears, the researchers insist that this doesn't make climate change any less of a threat to polar bears. Loss of Arctic sea is still the primary threat to all polar bears. I assume even the secret ones that don't seem to need the sea ice. But maybe I don't understand this story.